You're listening to Wrestling Changed My Life, presented by Spartan Combat. Let's go. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100% how to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's five percent of the ingredient it pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort it humbled me taught me humility nothing can hit humble you more than wrestling i think it's the learning to adapt right you learn you learn how to adapt you learn how to solve problems you know if i look back my time i spent wrestling if it gave me one thing more than anything else it's mental toughness ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the wrestling change my life podcast This is your host, Ryan Warner. Thanks for tuning in, as always. And as always, we're presented by Spartan Combat. I don't know if you saw, but Spartan Combat just inked the great Yanni Diakamahalas today. So Yanni's gear and merch and all that good stuff will be coming out on SpartanCombat.com in the near future. All right, folks. Today's episode is the first of its kind. We have two guests, two rising stars in the wrestling world, First, we have Gracie Figueroa, 2021 U.S. Open champ, representing the great state of California. And then we have University of Illinois freshman Danny Piccino on to share his story. I call Danny the Italian Stallion, and you'll see why in this episode. Fan of the week goes to, who do we got today? Here it is, my man Baz Clear. That's Baz Clear on the gram He's a 145-pound wrestler for Red Oak. Thanks for listening, Baz. We appreciate it. And that's it, folks. Let's get to this two-part episode with Gracie and Danny. So you're in Fresno right now. Is your brother out in at Tempe already, training with Arizona yeah. State? Yeah, we dropped him off, like, I want to say probably three weeks ago. So, you know, you first came to, to kind of my writer this past spring. You and your brother both had big wins at the at the nationals in iowa city you won the senior nationals your brother uh won the uww juniors to make his third world team what do you remember about that weekend um honestly um what was a really big weekend you know um just like wrestling wise it um would you say it's that was like, like one of the biggest tournaments you've ever wrestled in or ever won? No, no, no. Um, not biggest, but like, because I've done the U.S. Open, you know, when it was in um, L.A. and everything, um, not L.A., in um, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took third over there. Now, like, when I went um, to the U.S. Open in um, Iowa, I just, it was just like kind of a little emotional because I was, I didn't have like a great season. So I was coming, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to turn it up and see how I do. I went up a weight class, so I was, like, kind of a little nervous, but I knew I would be, I would do good. So um, after I won, I just felt a lot of emotions <laughs> because she had beaten me at the last chance to qualify for um, the Olympic trials. So after I beat her, I was just kind of like, I should have been at trials, you know? It was just like a little, little of that. So that was, uh, when you say you had a bad season, so you're referring to the fact that you wanted to be at the Olympic trials and, and had some yeah. stumbling on, on the way to get there, essentially? Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah. So who did you wrestle uh, in the, in the uh, finals in Iowa? Um, Alex Lyles. Gotcha. And yeah. so what happened when you guys wrestled before? Um, well, first I was trying to like make 125s, which was really light and like wasn't cutting it. And then, like, the last second, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make this weight, so I'm just going to go up. So I went up at last chance, and then um, – To what? Um, 62. And how many pounds is that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably, like, 
Yeah, so I was weighing about like 127 and then 136. So that's okay. Yeah, it's kind of couple. That's a big jump though to go up. Had you been struggling with the weight cut for a while? Yeah, um, I honestly have. That's what that was like my big issue trying to find my weight class because I didn't know like should I go lower, go higher? Because also too, uh, Menlo didn't have a season, so I really didn't know how I was gonna do in either or um, weight class, just because I haven't been competing because of COVID. So was the last chance of your first tournament back since the, the, did you have the UWW juniors in November? Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah, it. Okay. That was, yeah. That was the other tournament. So that was pretty big gap. Huge. Where were you training at in between then? Oh, um, I was in Arizona at the RTC over there. The Valiant prep program just went off at Fargo. So were you training with all those guys leading up to it? No, I was training mostly with the, um, you know, Kayla Miracle, um, mm-hmm. Abby Netty, um, Marley Smith, all those girls, mostly um, like senior level group people. And they were training, is Mark Perry leading that group? Yes. Got it. Okay. That's a, man, that's a huge stable of athletes. I didn't realize the team had grown that big on the, the women's team out there. No, yeah, it's getting bigger. So that's really great. And so you won the, uh, call it the U.S. Open in May. Mm-hmm. And then when is the world team trials for that? Uh, September, early September. I think it's like the first week. I don't know if the date's exactly, but I know it's like the first week of September. Who will be some of the top dogs in that, in that tournament for you? Um, yeah, then again, I don't know what weight I'm going. So it's either- Oh, you still don't? <laughs> You're not yeah. going to stay up? Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's like a little hit and miss. I'll like hit with everyone at like the last minute. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So it all depends on where you go. Um, yeah. And so kind of going back before, you know, all these recent successes have happened, how did you first get involved with wrestling? Oh, okay. Um, well, first me and my brother started off doing MMA and um, yeah. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. 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 We did MMA. We had, um, I had like one fight. He had like two. So (laughs) (laughs) how old were you when this started? Um, I want to say around like seven, maybe six, seven. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of fights with six and seven year olds are happening out in Selma, (laughs) California? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, they were watched and everything. Like we couldn't hit in the head and everything like all that. Okay. It was, it was safe. It, It was safe. But um, my, I think mine only lasted probably like 20, 30 seconds because I hit her too hard. So, <laughs> so no headshots. What, what can you and can you not do in the... So we had like shin, um, shin guards and everything. So like, are we were protected. Um, we could do body shots and then like regular chokes and everything like that. Just no headshots. And you had no wrestling background when this started? No. How did, how did you get involved with it? Um, okay. So, um, yeah. And then our coach for MMA was like, Oh, you guys should do wrestling. It'll help your groundwork and everything. So Richard was the first to join, um, the Salmon program. And then I would go to his tournaments and just watch. And then like a year or two, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try it out. Why not? So then, yeah. (laughs) Then the rest is history. (laughs) Were you still doing MMA up to that point or the fights at the beginning? Oh, you were. I was still training. Wow. I'm so fascinated by this. I've never heard of uh, child MMA fights. Yeah. And so do you plan on uh, having a future in MMA after you accomplish your wrestling goals? Um, actually, I've been thinking about it. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people think it's crazy. Oh, you like getting hit? I'm like, it's not about getting hit. It's just like, I don't know, just the I don't want to say the violence, but kind of like that. It's just like the intensity. I kind of like that. That's awesome. How did you, how did you first get involved with the MMA though? Like how does one find that at a young age? Um, I think we, um, my mom heard it from like a family friend. Cause me and Richard were doing a lot of sports. Like he was in football. Um, he did soccer, baseball. Then I was like doing swim. I did softball. I did volleyball, cheer. Like we were just really, um, really busy kids, <laughs> really athletic. <laughs> and for people who don't know your brother 
is one of the top wrestlers just come out of this recent class, three-time world team member. What, uh, I mean, what kind of relationship do you two have even now? Um, we're very close. You know, we just want the best for each other. We believe in each other like 100% and we always have each other's back. Like he's my number one fan. I'm his number one fan. Was it a surprise for you to hear that he was going to ASU? No, no. Yeah. Cause we, we talked about things. So, you know, I was the one to know. <laughs> but you guys used to train. Did you train at an early age or now with, with the Valencia's at monster garage? Um, I started, well, I started first. So I started probably like my junior leading up to my senior year of high school. So we didn't start like really young, kind of like in the middle. And, and what, then, what's yeah. like unique about those workouts? Oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, like they're great. Like I loved like almost dying, but <laughs> they're very intense. They're fun. He just, you can really tell he loves the sport. Like he loves it. Definitely he does. And that's what I like about it because we both have the same passion. And when you say he, who's running the show down there? Oh, Ruben Valencia. And is he someone who takes like a, a no-nonsense approach to it or is he more kind of carefree, easygoing? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I know anything about the I'm guy. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I know he's going to see this. <laughs> um no I mean like at first before the workouts you know chill and everything but as soon as workouts come you know you better be doing what you got to do if not then like we're gonna have to pay some consequences if we don't. <laughs> man it seems uh just what I've read and watched on flow it seems like things get get pretty serious in there oh, and yeah. so so was like is this the same area where Aaron Pico grew up and in, in would train yeah got it okay and so, man, that's a, that's a heck of a background to come from. When was your, like, one of your first big wins, like your first turning point or like one of the first times you wrestled overseas? Um, I think it was, I want to say 2015. I think that was the first time. Well, actually, I went to Canada, but I don't think that's overseas. No, but like I went to a different country, but. Right, right. Yeah, so that was like the first one, like first country I've been to, Canada, where I was wrestling like college girls in like freshman year of high school. Wow, was that a was that a pretty big shock? Yeah, it it was because just because they were just a little bit more stronger and like you know bigger, but you know I held my own. I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> and what about like your first time? Uh... Uh, going to like the cadet worlds or the junior worlds what was the first big tournament you, you competed in yeah so um well yeah 2015 i think i want to say that was in bosnia i think bosnia yeah yeah 2015 cadet world team yeah that was my first time being like overseas and what memories do you have of that trip oh i just <laughs> I feel like it was a little a mess. I just remember, it's just, it's a funny story. I just remember like I'm cutting weight. And then I remember my friend, Ronna Heaton cut, cutting weight as well. And like, we got her on weight and this girl decides to go in the shower and drink the shower water. And yes. then she's over. So now she has to go back and cut weight more, more weight. So I just remember that. And then like the wrestling too. Yeah, it was like a big experience for me because I've never been like to Europe and all that. And just hearing the different languages, I'm just like, this is this is amazing. Like I get experiences because of wrestling. Do you, do you notice a different feel between the European and Asian wrestlers compared to the U.S.? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they um, over there, they don't care. Like they'll try to like break their own necks or arm just to like get a takedown. Like they're relentless and it's it's a good style like they won't they don't back down is it a different pace in the u.s because a lot of times you see oh yeah yeah it's it's a different pace it's like it's like a little slower and like the way they wrestle you think oh like this should be easy and everything and then boom they hit you with something you're like where, where did this come from like <laughs> what is happening i'm like we got to replay that real fast <laughs> <laughs> One of your uh, one of your teammates on the Spartan Combat team, Vito Arujo, was telling me one time he was wrestling in Russia, 
the match started and the guy was like all relaxed and chill and just like put his hand on him real lightly. And he's like, Oh no, this guy's really good. Cause he's so relaxed. <laughs> Whereas like, like the U S guys come out, you know, club and banging, but just totally different. No. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's how they are. They just really relaxed. And we're just like, what? why aren't they like picking up the pace? Like, that's how we do it. Like you pick up the pace, you're hand fighting, you're doing all this. And then they're just, you know, chilling, doing whatever they do. And we're just, I'm just, when I was wrestling them, I was just like, this is such a different feel. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, what, what am I supposed to do? But I just, you know, just try to wrestle my match. Right. And like, when you're getting ready for those, are you guys all training together at Colorado Springs? Um, I think there's, uh, well, we would do Colorado most of the time, but I know there's like other states we would go to do our um, camps. So we were like everywhere, kind of. Got it. Okay. And it's funny you said the story about the shower water. Everyone, everyone's been there. Um, I, had a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had a friend one time that did that. Robert Bros, if you're listening, you're on notice. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so when you, when you get on these teams, you get to work with the Steiners, how have they impacted your game and like your, your mentality about the sport? Oh, um, well, first I didn't even know there was two of them. I think I found out like maybe like my sophomore year of, um, yeah, sophomore year of high school, um, we were, I walked into the OTC wrestling room and I just see um, Terry like wrestling. I was like, oh, there's Terry. Oh, wait, no, there's Terry. I'm like, there's two of them? I did not know that. <laughs> Stop it. What? Yeah. Um, I did not know at all. I was just like, there's two. I don't know. I think Aleda and, like, Ron were with me, and I was just like, there's two of them. Like, why did I know this? And, yeah, so that's uh, how I first met them. <laughs> Do they have different personalities? Like, just one play good cop, bad cop? <laughs> um... Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, Terry thinks he has jokes, but I think Troy has a little bit more jokes than him. <laughs> Sorry, Terry, if you see this. But yeah, they're, they're great people, though. They're very great people. Unbelievable. Like the, the women's team's doing so well. The cadet just won, or the cadet team just won their first world title. Um, and the juniors got to be coming up. So will you still wrestle on the, at the junior world championships or just focusing on the seniors at this point? No, just seniors. Um, I passed my age uh, limit. So gotcha. Something. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then how did, you know, how did this partnership with Spartan come about? I saw the news and it was really exciting. Um, walk us through that. Uh, it was, uh, I think last chance. And then Frank, um, had told me that um, Spartan wanted to talk to me. I was like, Spartan. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, I'm like, they sponsor like Kyle Dake. I'm like, this is, kinda, this is a big deal. So I got a little excited. And then um, Frank exchanged numbers uh, with me and um, Nick. Yeah. 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 Big yeah. Nick. Nick. Shout out to <laughs> Nick Cabrone. Um, <laughs> yep. Big shout out. But yeah, so we um, started talking after that. And then um, after um, the open, we talked more. And then at, that's when we started like, okay, you know, contracts and all that, getting into the real stuff. Right. And then, fine. <laughs> that's awesome. I was looking at your yeah. store today. The, the shirt and the logo, everything came out great. How, did, yeah. how, how does that process work? Like, did you help create that? Yeah, so they sent me like... Um, different logos and like designs whatever and they like okay um pick whatever and see what works for you um but I didn't really have to change a lot because I think it was just the color because before they wanted pink and I was like I, I'm like I'm not that girly girl I was like I don't think pink's gonna do it for me so I just changed that to turquoise so that was that that's the only thing because other than that the design was like perfect I loved it so yeah, I did have a lot to say in it. The shirt is sick. The the turquoise slash teal one. I love that one. Thank you. Yeah, that looks nice. Um, and so people can go online now and, and support support your store and get some of your merch. Um, yeah. so between now and, and the world team trials, like give us a window in like what your training process looks like. How many times a day and like week are you working out at this point? So I pretty much work out 
Monday all the way to Saturday. I have Sunday off. Um, I train about three times a day in the morning. I wake up, um, well, my workout's at five in the morning, but I wake up at 4.20 to make it over there to my training session. And then I'll have lifting. Who's that with? Um, my old MMA coach. Yeah. So you're getting up, getting there at five. And what kind of workout is that? Um, lifting and conditioning. Dang. Okay. And walk, walk us through that. Is it like kettlebells? Is it sprints? How, do, like, how does that go? Um, so honestly, it's like literally different every day. It's a full body workout. It's like a little circuit. And then I'll go on the, either the treadmill or well, either probably the treadmill. And then I'll have, I'll do some sleds. Um, it's honestly just like a little bit of everything. Like so cross like, training and that kind of stuff. Like yeah, kind jumping of like on that. pylons, swinging ropes and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, a little bit like that. And what, what, what comes next after that? Um, then after that, um, I rest a little bit and then I go hit the gym and I'll do more cardio. Um, just like, um, I do the treadmill, then I'll just bike. That's just like kind of to keep my weight a little low. And then later on I'll have wrestling practice. And when you're not at up at Menlo or out in Tempe, like where are you working out at now? Um, so I work out um, at two places, um, summer wrestling and then at Red Wave. And that that whole area you're in, there's a huge wrestling hotbed because right? that's around Clovis. And what are some of the other schools around there? Um, you have Clovis, Salma, Dineva, Kingford. Honestly, like the Valley. Buchanan. Buchanan, yeah. Like this is just a big wrestling community like in the Central Valley. And is there like a rivalry between the schools or does everyone kind of come together in the off season? Um, there, there are some rivalries. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot, but, um, I don't know now just because I've been away. So I don't know who's rivals now. Cause I know, um, you know, Salma back then was like Salma and Dinuba were rivals. And then you had, you know, Buchanan, Clovis, and then, I think everyone was pretty much rivals. <laughs> but especially if you look at, you know, Team California just dominated the women's division yeah. once again out of Fargo. Um, so when you were getting ready for those kind of events in the summer, would you still train at your home base or was there like training camps throughout the state where, where everyone would come together? Um, for Fargo, yeah, I'd mostly train here um, um, in Selma or um, – well, before Red Wave, we would go to Clo um, Clovis West. That's where I would train a lot, too. So Salma and Clovis West, I would train a lot for um, Fargo. Gotcha. And yeah. so moving forward, how many years do you have left at Menlo before you transition full-time to, uh, to your senior career? One more year. This is my last year. Yes, I'm fine here. So this, this year coming up, that's it? Yeah. Yep, this year coming up, that's it. And then do you have, do you have any RTCs or any plans you're scoping out yet on where you want to train um, after you graduate? Yeah, I do. I mean. Or like a wish list that you can share or is it, is it top secret? Uh, I don't think it's a big secret, but um, I've been thinking about going to Arizona, train over there at the RTC. And then, you know, me and my brother would be there and then we'll probably, you know, get a house and then you know, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Tempe's a great town. A lot of fun there. Yeah. It's great. A lot of stuff to do. And so your brother will be at 125. Yeah. God, that's going to be such yeah. a fun way in the country. Uh, you have Yanni's younger brother coming in at Cornell 125, obviously the great Spencer Lee, your brother coming in. Um, do you, does he plan on redshirting or starting as a freshman or is it TBD? Um, I mean, I would only imagine he would um, redshirt just um, so his body can adjust more and for him to gain a little bit more weight because he's a little light right now. Sorry, Richard, but you are. <laughs> What's he wrestling at the junior worlds? Well, wait. 125. And he usually weighs around 127, 128. So he's not cutting anything. That's it? Dang. Well, I'm excited to watch him and just kind of getting ready for this podcast with you. It's been exciting to watch a few of his matches because I knew the name um, 
and obviously knew the knew the tradition, but didn't didn't watch any of the scraps. So it'll be fun to watch him compete at the junior worlds. And then you're back on the mat in September at yep. the uh, at the world team trials. Best of luck to you, Gracie. And you. yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for coming on the show. You have a great day. All right, folks, we're here with Danny Pacino, the Italian stallion. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Indeed, man. You've had an exciting summer qualifying for the Italian junior national team. We're going to hit on that. But as always, let's start with the origin story. I saw that your pops was a wrestler for Rhode Island back in the day. Talk about your early days into wrestling. How'd you get started? It's, it's funny you asked that, actually. Um, my mom, I, I, was a, I played peewee hockey, and uh, my mom you know, saw a uh, flyer for Libertyville Wrestling Kids Club. And um, she's like, well, you know, why don't I get my son into it? I, you know, my husband wrestles. She didn't know. None of us knew how, how good my dad was because he never really talked about himself. And uh, my dad, I don't think really, really wanted me to wrestle that much. And um, so she signed me up and I started wrestling. And it was after like two years that I actually ended up finding out my dad was an All-American and, you know, you know, wrestled a little bit international after college and did all this. And I had like no idea because he never, ever talked about himself. So I thought it was pretty cool, you know, that he had this background and I was already into wrestling and I loved it. And it was pretty neat. So he was like way into it. Your dad. Yeah. yeah he actually didn't start wrestling until sophomore year of high school and I ended up winning two state titles, um, you know, two new England championships in uh, high school four in college. And, you know, ended up qualifying for the NCAAs four times and or might have been three times and then All-American his senior year. He took fifth. Dude, that's so sweet. When you hear about those stories of the guy starting in high school, you're just like, how? How is it possible that guys can get that good, you know, so quickly? And so it's cool he had that background. And if I'm you, I'm like, Dad, why'd you let me out there two years when he had all this knowledge without uh, without sharing it to me, you know, sharing the wisdom? Yeah, no, it's. I, you, you see a lot of dads in the sport really try to involve themselves in um, their kids, uh, you know, wrestling careers and, um, you know, try to get involved in all their matches. And he always just kind of sat on the side and let, let me do my own thing, which I really, really appreciated because it never made me, you know, I never got burnt out from it. Um, I see a lot of dads kind of burn their kids out from the sport and he just sat there and kind of did his own thing, which, you know, helped me so much. And who, and when you got to high school, you went to Libertyville, who were like some of your main mentors and coaches as you went through the high school ranks? So, uh, Poeta coached me when I was, when I was in middle school, uh, with his club. And then he ended up going to the university of Illinois and, um, uh, big leaders for me were, you know, Zach Brunson, uh, Dale Eggert, uh, the coach of Libertyville, mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, Ted Strahulski is a big one. He's also the assistant coach at Libertyville. They, uh, they, they were huge in my life, you know, really kept the sport fun. Uh, you know, seeing Coach Eggert around school every day. Uh, he was, you know, I parked, I actually parked my car at his house because you can't park in a lot till you're a senior. And every day I'd come back and he'd have a new clip of wrestling to show me. Uh, we'd wow. watch film, stuff like that. So were you someone who were, who was like doing it all year round, all throughout, or did you get into like freestyle and stuff only through college? No, I got into freestyle late middle school. Um, and then I was, I kind of made it my life. I was, I played a lot of baseball until uh, I played baseball my freshman year. And I, I, you know, looking at my parents, you know, I saw five, five and five, six. And I knew like, <laughs> look, I don't think baseball is going to be my career. So I'm you see, you see some short guys like Jose Altuve make it, but I knew right then and there, I was like, let's narrow it down. And I, I dropped baseball and I started focusing like, you know, let's, let's get a scholarship. Let's, let's try to win, you know, handful of state titles and go to college. Yeah. And I, I I'm asking, cause I don't know how, what was your high school resume? How did you do in your, in your four years? And I'm biased. I think the Illinois state tournament's one of the toughest in the country, you know, I'm an yeah. Illinois guy. So how, how did your, uh, how'd you do in high school? So I was uh, third as a sophomore in 3A, um, second as a as a junior, and then my senior year, um, I got you know I got hurt and couldn't wrestle, um, and I didn't get I wasn't able to get cleared in time for the uh, tournament. Yeah, what happened? So I was um, my junior year I, or my senior year in the regional semis. I got I, um, me and a kid shot at the same time and I got knocked out, and. Um, the, uh, I, you know, I finished the match. I like, I came to, I finished the match, pinned the guy, uh, made the finals and I forfeited. Cause I was, I mean, I was out of it. I was pretty concussed and 
I went to my, uh, tr- I sat out of school for that week and, you know, that I was whole getting- week you were out, you were that bad. I was, I was that bad. And then not on top of that, I was really sick. So I go to school Thursday and my trainer is like, you know, we had a brand new trainer, you know, they're following their protocol, you know, concussions are pretty serious. So they don't like to go against, you know, any rules with, uh, when it comes to concussions. And they said, I'm gonna have to start a five day protocol uh, before I can return to play. And um, that, that kind of like, I was at Wolf sectionals is, you know, tomorrow I, I have to, I have to wrestle. They're like, we can't clear you in time. And, you know, I wasn't able to go out. You didn't have like the Italian mafia come in there for you and start no, breaking some thumbs or what, man, that's crazy. I'm giving them a call. I just didn't. <laughs> but it's crazy that to me, you were actually that messed up from it. You know, it wasn't like it, they were being like, maybe they're being a little overprotective, but if you were still kind of feeling it that much that long later, that's pretty, that's pretty intense for a concussion. Yeah. And like, I see a lot of guys, you know, power through concussions and wrestle. Um, and my parents were just really pushing it. Like, do, do not wrestle, do not wrestle. You know, you have your college, um, you know, state title, you know, when guys get to college, state titles don't mean anything. And I thought about it. I was like, you know, um, I saw my dad's, I don't know if you know, Jeff Buxton. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. My, Buxton. Dad, one of my dad's greatest friends and his son, uh, Tony Buxton uh, had to actually stop wrestling when he was at Harvard because he had so many concussions and he, you know, he couldn't do it anymore. And th- that's when my dad really like started becoming avid on not letting me wrestle in the, you know, in the sectionals because, because of my head. So I, it was almost like they made the decision before the doctors even made the decision. That's in, cool. In sense, yeah. So were you, did you have to come out of like a period of kind of feeling down and not, not feeling sorry for yourself, but just being down about it? Or did you kind of turn the corner because your parents were behind you on it? So I, I was really down and I, and I went, you know, I thought I was like, I'll be all right. You know, I'm going to go do really well in college. You know, that's my goal. Win a national title, win multiple national titles, win a team title. But I went to the state tournament a couple of weeks later after not going to school at all. Um, because I, I told my teammates, you know, I'm going to be there for you. And, and that's something I, I don't want to tell them I'm going to be there for you. And, you know, just because my shots ruined, I'm not going to not show up to the state tournament to watch them. And, I, I remember walking in that, like in the state farm arena and just losing it. Like, because I had thought, you know, my whole life I grew up, I want to win a state title. I want to state title. And, you know, seeing that it's actually can't happen anymore. That's what hurt the most. Yeah. And it, that's a, a lot of guys can't go back for like five, 10 years afterwards. The fact that you went so soon after, and all those guys are literally guys who you've been wrestling with had to hit home. Right. It did. And it, it really hurt. And I being ranked first, it was, you know, it hurt even more, you know, knowing that I had the shot. And then I, the kid I had beaten, um, Joel Vanderveer, who actually, we were one and one that season. Uh, he ended up winning it, um, pretty handedly in the finals. So that, that, that hurt most, but I was really happy for him. I grew up with Joel and, um, I was, you know, happy that he got to win it. So how long were you out after that until you could start training again? Um, I was out a couple of weeks. Uh, I was out a couple of weeks before I started doing any physical activity. Um, I'd say two, three weeks. And then I didn't wrestle for a month after just to give it time. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you obviously at Illinois, you're a poetic guy. So maybe it was just assumed you were going there, but now that you've got to Illinois and you've been there one full season or two full seasons. Uh, I was just here for my first freshman season, one full season. Talk about like kind of reflecting back on your decision to attend Illinois. And now, now that you've been there a year. And just like the benefits you've seen from the program. So I was, you know, I was very avid on coming to Illinois. I didn't know how the other coaches felt about me. I knew how Poeta felt about me. And I started coming to work out with the RTC and I started talking to them. Um, Obviously they couldn't reach out to me when I was a sophomore in high school, but I would talk to them and they would explain, you know, they would, they would really like me on the program, this and that. Um, And I, I realized I was like, I really want to be here. I want to be close to home. Um, this is my state. I want to represent the state I came from. Uh, Poeta was on, uh, was here. Um, I really looked up to Danny and Zach Branigal big time. They were, um, big leaders. Like I, I, I watched them throughout high school. And then when they got to college, I, I watched them wrestle. And, and that's when I really knew like, you know, like that, this is a, a really good home for me. So I started, I came back and trained with them last summer. I came and just wrestled with Danny and Zach and, uh, Zane Richards every day. And, um, you know, I got here my first season and everyone was just so close. Uh, the coaches, 
a lot of colleges or other programs, I hear about, you know, coaches picking favorites. And I noticed any coach you ask, hey, can we come in at two o'clock and work on, you know, um, you know, top and bottom? Can we go and work on our feet? You know, there's always going to be a coach there to, to work with you. And that's what I really, I really love about Illinois because right away I was a freshman and, you know, I wasn't going to be their favorite guy. And they were, you know, they were there to work with me right away. It's cool that you don't hear about kind of like that senior freshman thing. Everyone's more of a family versus some kind of like hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really true. Um, coach Hunter, Coach F, Coach Boada, I was just, I w- I'll be, you know, get in and work with them as much as I could. Dude, what kind of it's just like natural strength does Zane Richards bring to a scrap? What's he like? Unreal. His hand. <laughs> so he really studies wrestling. Him and uh, Coach Medlin really study wrestling. And um, they he has a lot of like, uh, foreign, I, I wouldn't say foreign style, but they, his hand fighting so good. He has, you know, his arm drag, you can't tie up with him because he's going to drag you. So it's, it's really sometimes learning how to change your style, uh, for a guy is really tough. And that's what, what Zane brings to the table is because he's, he can really adapt to any wrestler he's wrestling. And what about uh, this guy? We had him on last Lucas bird. He obviously brought a lot of excitement to the program. And I love like the confidence that he wrestles with. How often are you working out with him throughout the season? Yeah. So bird bird was one of my main partners. I worked with him all the time and he kicked my butt in the room. Um, you know, there was times where I, there was days where I, you know, I get, I, you know, I get the best of them for this day, but then there would be two weeks where I, I didn't even score on him. And, um, nothing like watching Lucas bird wrestle. He, I don't know if you watch the, uh, the I would the duel against DeSanto, not the big yeah. time or big time semis, but the duel when 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 Bird walked out there and he had a smile from ear to ear on his face before he went out there, was, <laughs> got me so so fired up to wrestle because he was so excited. I would have been so nervous in the situation first day debut at Carver Hawkeye Arena and the spotlights on Austin DeSanto's walking in. You know, I'd be nervous. You know, I'd be you know, I'd be excited. But he walks out there with a smile, you know, as big as life. And I was like, wow, he loves it. He loves to be out there. He loves to be under the lights. And it was legit, too. It's not just like a front. You know, he loves that kind of stuff. Yeah. And right when he came off the mat after he lost, I remember, you know, I gave him some space. And I went up to him and I like tapped him on the back. He's like, I'm going to get him next time. I'm going to get him. And I knew I knew coming to the Big Ten semifinals. I was like, this is the match to watch. It was a different match, too, man. He And like. He just goes out there and throws it on the line. I, we, we were talking about McGregor, and he, he seems like he has that confidence going out there. You know, and I, I was always a little bit more nervous, like getting in my head. And you see guys like that wrestling, you're like, God, that is just a, a freeness to, which you, to wrestle in the big moments. He loves it. He wants to be under pressure. A lot of guys don't want to be under pressure. He wants to be under pressure. He wants, to, wants all, all, of it, all the eyes on him. And I got to say, bro, your debut against DML from Ohio State reminds me of that, though. I, I didn't know a lot about your background, and I was watching that duel, and that was an exciting weekend for Illinois wrestling. What do you remember about your debut for the, the Blue and Orange? Oh, that was – that was uh, I got to say that was the most exciting moment of my life, uh, wrestling for these guys and having a whole family around me and beating Ohio State. I remember um, my motto, I you know, grew, growing up, I learned um, they say that they put like, uh, you know what a black box is in a, I think it's called a black box in an airplane where yeah. it's, so they say, <laughs> it's a joke. They have black box in uh, cars in uh, Texas. And the last word said from most Texans are hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> so I developed that motto where it's like, you know, hold my beer and watch this. We're going to put it all on the line. We're going to, we're going to throw it all on the line. And um, so before I go out, you know, I slap the coach's hands and I look to like, I looked at usually bird. I'm like, hold my beer and watch this. Let's go. <laughs> and I knew they, they called me the night before it was about, no, it was, it was about 8 PM. And I was um, going to get some, um, you know, ice my knee. Cause I had a sprained uh, LCL at the time. And the trainer walked in Jeff John and he looks at me, he goes, you're wrestling tomorrow. I was like, yeah, I got an exhibition. I'm wrestling. Um, and Chimendia. He goes, no, 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 you're, you're starting tomorrow. I was like, the coach didn't tell me this. You know, I get home, Poeta calls me. He goes, hey, you ready to go? You're wrestling. You're starting tomorrow. Uh, Duncan's hurt. I was like, let's do it. Heck yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So that was that was the kickoff to the season. And obviously, it was kind of a weird season with COVID and everything. But you guys fought through the year. And then in the offseason, out of nowhere, we hear that Hef's retiring. Where were you at when you heard that Poeta got the job? So I was actually 
um, on a zoom call because I had been contact traced, um, mm. when half retired. And, um, I was really disappointed. I knew his contract was ending soon. Uh, cause I had became really close with half over the, the last year, but I, um, I was at, I was in my car. I, cause I had gotten back from Italy. So I had to uh, quarantine for seven days before I could go back in the room. And I remember going on social media. I, I was so nervous because I did not know who was going to become the head coach. I was pulling for Puetta. I knew Puetta could do it. And I remember flipping on social media and it was like new head coach, Mike Puetta. And I remember freaking out. I pulled the car over. I was screaming. I called him. I was so fired up. There was some real, uh, like real tension there that we didn't know who it was going to be for a second. You know, early on, everyone's like Puetta for sure. And then it was taking a little bit longer than we thought. So, um, so you, I didn't realize that you were close to half like that though. Yeah. Yeah. I actually brought half to Italy with uh, bird and I, um, and, uh, cause I remember promising during the year, I was like, you're coming to Italy with me. uh half when I, when I go and wrestle at the, the junior nationals. And, uh, I made that promise. And even when he retired, I was like, he, you know, he's, he's still my coach. So I brought him out there and we had the, we had the greatest time. It was a good time. So how did, how did that come about? Is it your mom's side of your family or your dad's side of the family? Uh, both. So I got dual citizenship through uh actually my mom's side just because it the process was a lot quicker um but they're both you know pretty authentic uh and it uh you know the whole family was doing the dual citizenship and when i saw that they were doing the dual citizenship i i the italian coach had reached out to me saying hey look uh, uh tommy frezza was on the team kid i wrestled with in high school okay and he, he told the coach i was getting dual citizenship and they called me up right away saying come out here and wrestle, you know, make the, make the world team come out and wrestle with us. And I thought, you know, like, I'm not scared of the competition in the United States, but I think this would be a cool experience. Yeah. Um, get to wrestle for my roots and go out there and, you know, make a world team and try to get a medal this year. It's totally badass, And I love that you're doing it. I just think it's cool that you get to, you go over there, you wrestle in Italy, you, you knock some heads around and you come back. You got to tell the story though, about um, so at the tournament, did you, did you have any close matches or did you smoke everybody over there? Um, I was beating everyone pretty good. My semifinal, I did get a, uh, I did tech my guy, but it was, it, he had a style where it was hard to keep up. Like it was hard to, you know, he, that really foreign style. Um, and it was, he was beating me five to four going into the second period. And then I, you know, I, I, you know, really wrestle with my, my gas tank. And I, I just put it on them and he, they couldn't keep up. And I ended up beating them 15 to five, just because it, it's a hard time. Those foreigners have a hard time keeping up with like an American style pace. But you but, notice a difference in the feel though. Yes. A lot different. They're, they're really relaxed and loose. And um, all his scores came off of me, you know, getting it on a high crotch I'm driving, I'm going to finish. And they like sit in a corner uh, or like kind of how, like how Chimizo does where when you have his leg up shelved, he'll sit back and come through the crotch and then finish you off. So I was like, it was, it's a lot different style. You got to take your time finishing on guys. You got to be explosive. It's, it's, it's a lot different, even, even Italians, you know, Italians are nothing like Russians or Iranians or, um, right. As out in Azerbaijan, but they're, they still have that foreign style that you have to be careful because they have a lot of tricks that you don't know. So will you go over there for a team Italy training camp or you do all of it at Illinois? I'm going to go out there for a training camp before worlds. Um, probably the week before worlds, I'm hoping to get the scrap with Chimizo out there. God, um, that would be sick. It'd be cool. He lives right next to the Olympic training center. So um, he's been in there working out. I know uh, Colin real university of Northern Iowa kid. He's actually doing the same thing I'm doing, but he's, he's a senior. He wrestled senior. So he wrestled in Bulgaria actually in the qualifier for the Olympics. Got it. And so that's, he's also team Italy. He's also team Italy. They're team Italy. Man, just to spend a week in Italy is like a dream anyway, but to get to wrestle while you're over there, unbelievable. Yeah. What's the story about you coming back though, man? I heard the I heard the guys had to leave you over there. Yeah, that that was tough. I um I, we get to the airport and um we gotta we gotta do a COVID test before we before we get on the plane. It's it's, it's a rapid test, it'll be quick. You go through customs, get on the plane. Um they test me. And I remember waiting for my test. Heffenberg got their test back right away, negative. And I, I, he's like, Pacino, you better not be positive. I was like, you can't say that. You can't say that. That's jinxing it right before we go. <laughs> and right, right when he said that, you know, these two doctors grabbed me and said, follow me. And I looked at him and I said, all right, well, I'm positive. What's this mean? And Heff looked at me and goes, 
I'm getting on that plane. Don't think I'm staying here any longer. <laughs> and uh, you think he was joking? I thought I know I knew he was serious because he wanted it had been eight days. I think he wanted to get out of there because he knew we were I was positive. Two doctors came and grabbed me. They didn't and, explain uh, anything to you. They just took you like Gestapo style. I literally, I thought the I thought the mafia was coming for me. <laughs> I thought they were going to take me out. No, but uh, I went with them, and they told me I had a po- positive test, so they did a PCR test right away, and they said you're not going to get this back for two days because they had to take this test to Florence, get it tested, and bring it back. What? So I was like, oh my goodness! They put me in a bus with a bunch of people who have COVID, and th- this oh. is this is what made it so real was the guy driving the bus and everyone in the bus had hazmat suits on. And I was like, wow, this I'm, I'm going to be here for, for 10 days with COVID. This is horrible. <laughs> Where'd they take you? So you like, you get to a hotel, like what's it like? Is it, this, this is a COVID hotel in the middle of, in the middle of nowhere. And it's surrounded by police. So I get in the hotel and they give me a bag and the bag had bleach toilet paper and um a spare sheets in it and i'm like i'm like what what they're like what's the bleach for they're like oh like we don't clean the rooms here like you have to clean the rooms we don't want to get covid so i'm staying in a room someone had covid what? i gotta clean their table their bed their everything and then they're also giving me you know you don't get to choose your food they feed you at um 9 a.m they feed you at 1 p.m and then they feed you dinner at you know 8 p.m and it's like they give you, they give you what they want to give you. And if you don't like it, so, so be it, but it's like jail. You can't like order in. No, it's like jail. I don't think there's really like ordering food, like takeout in Italy. Cause everything's like, you know, sit down and yeah. In style. But I was, I, that's when it was so, it was so surreal for me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm stuck. I was like, I was like, this is awful. Were you panicking a little bit or do you know you would get out of there? I was, I was freaking out. I was waiting for my rapid test. So I called my parents. I was like, Hey, let's, let's reschedule my flight. I know I'm, I know I don't have COVID. I had already had COVID before. It's just a false positive. So my flight scheduled for 12, 15 the next day. And I remember waking up and I'm calling the front desk. Hey, do you have my PCR test? Do you have my PCR test? They're like, no, we don't have it yet. And so all of a sudden my phone goes off and I look, it's an email saying I have a negative PCR test. So I rushed downstairs uh, in the lobby and you're not allowed to leave your room and they're freaking out. These people are trying to grab me, get me back to my room. I'm like, do not touch me. I, I showed them my negative test. They're like, we need confirmation from the doctors. We're waiting for a call. And I said, nope, I need to go catch a flight. And it's 11 o'clock right now. I have- Does anyone a- speak English? One person was speaking English, one person, and it wasn't well. And she goes, well, if the police stop you, it's not my fault. And I go, look, this is a negative test. I'm going to show them this. I have a flight in an hour. I don't think I'm going to make it, but I'm like, I'm going to try. Yeah. So I happened to, there was a taxi in the parking lot. And I think that's like, that was, that was God telling me like, <laughs> I'm taking you home. Was that taxi in the parking lot? You know, cause it was such a coincidence. So I jumped in that taxi and they took me to the airport and the guy, uh, I got to uh, the airport and the, the, the gentleman uh, with Delta at baggage, uh, baggage claim, or baggage where you get yeah, your ticketing. Yeah. Yeah. was like, you're not going to make your flight. Um, and I was like, oh, there's no shot. He's like, it's not even worth checking your bag. And he ended up, you know, I had an Italian wrestling shirt on and he saw like my, my slightest bit of cauliflower ear in my right ear. Cause he was a wrestler. Yeah. And he was actually from the United States, but he moved out to his family with his family in Italy. And he goes, you're a wrestler. I go, yeah. He goes, I'm gonna get you on your flight. Let's go. And and he started rushing me through customs. I mean, he had me cutting lines for customs, security. And I, you know, I got to the front of, not customs, um, where, where they check my passport. Okay. And, um, he, you know, so he rushes me through that. And I mean, we're sprinting, we're sprinting. And, and he's on the phone with people and we make my flight at, you know, I get, I get to the gate at 1215 and the lady's like, just close the doors. I was like, please, please get me on this flight. I'm like, I'm on my knees praying. And she takes my ticket and she opens the door and I get on the flight. I was like, I turned around. And I was like, I, I would give you money. I have no money right now on me. But thank you so much. She's like no need, you know? I was wow. So you made it back, dude. What a, like the, a newfound freedom that you have uh, for not being locked in a hotel in remote, remote Italy. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Thank God those PCR tests override um, 
rapid tests. Otherwise right. I, would, I would have been stuck there for 10 days, but those rapid tests, I heard they give false positives all the time. Right. The time. It's crazy. How they just take you away like that. Literally. I Man. think, I think they need to do PCR tests for everyone. Like you need to get a PCR test before going to the airport. Cause those rapid, apparently the, the room next to me, they were, they came down too with me cause they had a false positive. So their PCR test came back negative. Cause I saw them coming down the elevator with me. Man, thank God you made it. I just yeah. want to wind down with, you know, now that you're back um, and the, you know, Poet is the guy and, you know, things are really moving again now. What's the energy like with the program? It's, it's, it's really cool. I like the energy Poeta brings. He's, um, he's all about positivity, positivity. He's all about, you know, mental health. And, you know, he always brings, no matter what, Poeta always brings me up. I see him in the room, he, you know, he cracks a joke. He, you know, he gives speeches at the end of every practice of, you know, yesterday he gave a speech about Dan Gable. He, you know, he gives different kinds of speeches every day to, get, to make you motivated and excited. And I like that he brings that to the table. I'm not saying Hef never did that, but um, Poet is just, you know, a lot younger and is trying to unorthodox way of going about, you know, wrestling and, and whatnot. And I mean, you, you've seen already two recruits that he's brought in, Christian Carroll and Cannon Webster. You know, I'm, I'm pumped up for that. I didn't uh, know about the second one. Um, Cannon Webster. Yeah. Is yeah, he so from Illinois or where's he from? Cannon Webster is a top, top 40, um, in his nice. recruiting class. He's, uh, from Washington, Illinois. Got so, it. uh, I think Medlin was a big impact because he would, uh, Cannon always wrestled with our RTC. So I think Medlin was a huge impact for Cannon. That's huge. I love Medlin, man. What a, this, a man, yeah. the environment in Champaign right now is really exciting. I can't wait to see who Poeta brings in as the assistant and then it's off to the races. Yeah. I'm really excited to find out who that is. Um, he doesn't give us any hints. We always try to, I've already tried to work it from him. He's not giving up anything right now. <laughs> Never. Well, Danny, it's been awesome to have you on the show, man. Really appreciate you sharing some stories, sharing some laughs. Any last words for us before we hop off here? Hey, I appreciate you having me on. Um, I think uh, Illinois wrestling is going to catch the world by, by surprise coming up. We got some, we got some beasts coming. We just got to transfer Joe Roberts from uh, NC State. He's coming back. Uh, he's from Illinois. He's coming back homegrown. I think he's going to, you know, catch a lot of guys by surprise coming up. He's my age, so I don't know if he's redshirting or not, but he's going to be a beast. That's awesome. He's from Montini? He's from Montini, yep. Gotcha. I, I did see that. I wasn't sure where he transferred from. Yeah, yeah. He's from Montini. Kid's got a gas tank like no other. He's going he's gonna to catch a lot of guys off by surprise, so I'm excited. Love it, man. Well, thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. And that's the end of this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Thank you so much for tuning in. To watch the full video interview, go to YouTube Wrestling Changed My Life. And that's it. We'll see you next time.